game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Rider broken up by Nugent Hopkins. He'll get it out and through the middle to Yamamoto. A breakaway pass. Backhand scores! Kyler Yamamoto makes it 3-0 Edmonton. Well, great play there by Nugent Hopkins. Back defensively sends Yamamoto in alone. Nugent Hopkins, two goals, two assists tonight. Yamamoto, two goals and an assist. Dreisaitl, two goals and an assist. Those are the stars, one, two, three, as the Oilers take it to the Winnipeg Jets tonight. 6-3 at Rogers Place. Edmonton up 1-0 after the first. 4 nothing after the second, and they get the 6-3 decision to bump up their record to 34-21-8. Skinner, the winning goaltender, stopping 24 out of 27. The Jets, who do have a couple key players out of the lineup, having a bit of a tough go here lately. 1-6-1 in their last eight, and they are winless in five. Thanks a lot for joining us. A fun Friday night for Oil Country. Pretty good crowd here. Very excited in Studio 99 as we bring you Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, four points for Nugent Hopkins, and I think he needed that to prove that he's not just a fighter. <laughs> oh, my. He's doing it. It's it's one of those things where you wake up one day and you look in the statue like, oh, my goodness. Ryan Nugent Hopkins did it again. Uh, it's just the season he's had. Nothing surprises you. Puck gets on his stick. Puck gets on his stick. Uh, you, you know what's going into the back of the net. Uh, he had the... At one point, I thought it was the play of the night. Leon eventually got it, but the, the back check that RNH did on a two-on-one, breaks up the two-on-one, turns, and then finds Yamamoto with a 70-foot pass. And it was just, you're seeing all the facets of, of RNH's game. He's, he's very sound defensively. He, he makes good plays, and when he gets the opportunities, he did a couple times with the puck on his stick in the right spot, he puts it in the back of the night. His, his career year, his dream season just continues and he was the best player on the ice for either team. Yamamoto scored last game, two tonight, up to eight goals on the season. And you mentioned Dreisaitl making the play of the night. I can't recall ever seeing that before. So he's driving the net. He's taken down. There's a delayed penalty come to the, coming to the Jets. He knocked off the goalpost to David Riddich's left, so on the right side if you're attacking. And I mean... Uh, the ref could have blown that down if he saw it because the Oilers had the puck. Dreisaitl first tried to push the net back on with his stick, realized he couldn't get leverage it, quickly grabbed it and put it back on, gets the puck, and then makes a perfect shot for his 38th well, of the season. So players do that often. And actually, Zach Hyman earlier in the game tried doing the same thing. When you're in an offensive position and you know you have the other team running around and the net comes off, you try to put the net back on because you do not want to whistle. You do not want to allow the other team to, to get a change, to get a rest. So earlier on a power play, Zach Hyman did the exact same thing. He's trying to pick the, the net up, put it back on. And on Leon's, the same thing. He knew there was a delayed penalty. There, Connor was coming off the bench. They had a tired group. He wanted that net on. I, so I, I see it a lot when, you do, when players do that. I just, you rarely see where the player that puts the net back on gets the puck and puts it in. And on the goal he scored, uh, there was the side, about a puck and a half of room for that shot. He stopped, he waited, 
Everyone, it was almost like the whole rink just stopped. Okay, there's nowhere for him to put that. And then he put it there. And Riddick probably thinks, I've, I've got everything covered. I got, there's nothing that he can do. And so it was a fun play to watch and then an absolutely incredible shot to finish it off. Oilers win 6-3. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Any penalties as we did was a credit to the way we were skating tonight. And, um, you know, we built a, a big lead and found a way to get the win. We were talking to Nugent Hopkins after the game, and he's sitting on a four-point night with a busted-up face. Um, kind of plays at both ends of the ice. Maybe just take us through his night again. Yeah, it kind of sums up his year, doesn't it? Um, I see somebody competing at a very, very high level. Um, and I saw it again tonight. You know, he takes one to the jibs, and, um, you know, he wants to get right back out on the power play. Um, you know, he's scored, um, you know, the back check on the uh, the one in the second period with a little help from at home, I thought was um, pretty good. And, you know, he's he's playing with passion and a competitive level that I think is, is contagious. Jay, I'm not suggesting that uh, Kyler Yam or two goals and get three points every night, but what do performances like that do for him and, and for the team? As well? Yeah, we can't forget that he's only a few games, uh, you know, he's only been playing with us for a few games here. He's had kind of a injury-riddled year, so it's nice to have him back in the lineup here. Um, you know, uh, I can move him around. I feel good about that. I still think there's more there. I'm happy for him that he got a couple goals tonight. He probably could have had a couple more. Um, which is great because he's finding himself in those chances. I still want him um, to continue to play without pause in his game, and sometimes that's from the offensive zone back to the defensive zone. I think you get that um, the more you kind of get back up, up to speed and into your own personal rhythm. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins was talking about his forechecking. Uh, Kyler Yamamoto said, yeah. um, is that you know when he's not producing are those the types of things that you're seeing that he can do other things to kind of touch the game and yeah effective? yeah and he's a penalty killer and um he's a pest to play against because he plays hard he plays inside you and um usually when bigger players um see someone smaller uh get the puck it it annoys them because um you know they they think they should win that but he wins those a lot on will and determination you guys were kind of right on the edge of it for a long time. Close games. You were, you know, OTLs and, you know, Boston was a good one. You, you've, you've, what pushed you through the last two? Because two of your better games, more complete games of the season. What kind of... Yeah, you know what? I, I keep going back to Christmas time. I don't, I don't think this is... Um, you know, we got the result tonight, which was nice. But I think we've play, been playing some nice hockey here since Christmas time. I think... In the last 20, 21 games, we've lost three in regulation. That means you're you're doing a lot of things right. There's mistakes that are made. You know, when the game's 6-1, we made a couple errors. And, uh, you know, there's always areas of improvement. But, you know, I was happy that our team dug in today and uh, found a way against a tough opponent. As I said this morning, that opponent has won 35 games this year. Um, not by accident, they're a good team. And, um, you know, what I like is that we have a quick turnaround against this team tomorrow. Um, you know, it's, it's the type of things that you're going to have to face, you know, um, when you start playing in April and May is you see the same team um, the next evening. And so who, who can best elevate and adjust is going to be the team that wins tomorrow night.
So McDavid was flirting with a 100-year-old NHL record, and it's typical McDavid that when he has a sag night, it's three points. What can you kind of just say about his this little run that he's on? Is that your words, the sag night for him? Um, yeah, no, he's, I think, you know, I've said every, everything that I can, and you know, I, I don't know if I can... Um, articulated any better what we're seeing is very special um, I like seeing his competitive drive to lead our team and um, that's really impressive to me uh, the Bouchard Ekholm pairing how have you liked it through two games and in particular how do you think Evans responded to a bit more responsibility I think he's doing well I think the pair has been good for us um, you know the other day I said that I think Ek uh, inspires confidence in the people on the ice with him and I think for a younger partner uh, to be able to look over and see someone with his level of experience and confidence and poise I think that would help anybody and certainly that pair has been a good pair for us. And finally just the sequence from Drysaddle the net drive and then putting it back on and then that uh, shot. What a shot eh? Ama it was an amazing sequence like you said but the shot uh, from that angle um, all world. Yeah, I, and you know what? We're, I've been saying this here over the last little while. I, I really like where Leon's game's at. I think he's skating. I think he's um, taking pride in doing some hard things. And, and uh, you know, his effect on our win tonight, not only on the score sheet. Good. Thanks, guys. Coach Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Oilers beat the Jets 6-3. They'll play again tomorrow, of course. 3.30 face-off show game at 5 here on 6.30, Chad. Interesting, Rob McDavid does get three assists. I mean, 121 points. Just keeps putting up points. He played 20 minutes and 27 seconds. And as you and I talked about, he played about nine and a half minutes into the in the first period. So because they got the lead, mm -hmm. uh, he played much less frequently than he would have in other situations. Well, and it works out well because they're playing back-to-back, -back and there's travel, and they're going back into Winnipeg, which is going to be much tougher for them tomorrow. Uh, when you get a lead, you can start moving the ice time around the way you want. We talked, Evan Bouchard had over 10 minutes, 10 and a half minutes in the first period. He only ended up with 19. So he, he had four and a half minutes in each of the next two periods. Uh, coaches love to be, to be able to use all four lines, all seven defense, spread the ice time out evenly. Uh, it, it saves the wear and tear in the bodies. Uh, a, a great example in this game, the Winnipeg kept throwing their best players out over and over. They're trailing. Ellers takes a, a slap shot off the foot from a Bouchard shot. He's a very big part of that team. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers didn't have to worry about stuff like that because they had the lead. They could roll everybody. Guys like Devin Shore were playing on the power play. Fogle was on the power play. Uh, it, it's nice, and it's, and it's also a reward. When you're playing well, you reward all the players, all the Warriors in your lineup with a little bit of extra time and sometimes a little special time on the power play. So uh, I'm sure that is the recipe that the Oilers would love to have going forward build up a lead and get everyone in the game. Matthias Ekholm, plus three tonight, plays 18-03. Uh, was not credited with uh, neither a hit nor a blocked shot tonight, but uh, I, I mean, an uh, impressive player, which we, uh, we knew that the Oilers were getting, very intelligent player. We, and we talked after the uh, this, this second period, there's, uh, I think, some wisdom and confidence there. Like, he, 
he, he, mm -hmm. there's no hesitation in his game. He knows what the play is, and he's going to make it. Well, he, he, being in Edmonton, we don't get to see Nashville play a lot. And when you see Nashville, you, you really see Roman Yossi. Ekholm is good. Ekholm is a very good defense. If you talk to players in the National Hockey League, uh, they will talk about him, and they will talk about how hard he is to play against. Uh, Nugent Hopkins was talking about it in one of the interviews you guys played. It's nice having him on your team and not having to battle with him. Uh, he is uh, close to being a star in the National Hockey League. He has made the Edmonton Oilers a better hockey club. He plays the right way. He plays the hard way. He's a, a Swedish defenseman. And, uh, the Swedes seem to make very good defensemen time and time again. So uh, he will settle things down on the ice and he competes. He just competes so hard. And it doesn't matter where on the ice, when during the game, if you go into a corner, into a battle with Ekholm, you know it. And that's a good thing for the Edmontoneros. They have a guy that's going to compete every single time he steps on the ice. I, I said to Louis DeBrusque yesterday in the dressing room when we were collecting interviews, I said, if that's Ekholm's regular season beard, what's his playoff <laughs> beard going to look like? And Louis said, Gandalf. <laughs> he does have a big beard. Well, actually, he probably could go get a little video because they did go to the Stanley Cup Finals not too long ago against uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. So you can see what he looked like at the end of that playoff run. Well, let's, let's hope that we get to see how long and how big and bushy that beard can get on a long playoff run. 6-3, the Oilers win it tonight over the Winnipeg Jets. The fill the net promotion for, from James H. Brown injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Up to $24,300 for the season. Every time the Oilers score, they give 100 bucks to 630 Jet Santa's Anonymous. We thank them for that. Okay, big night for one of the most popular players on the team, number 93, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Two goals, two assists. Here he is. Just seems like you guys are rolling along at a nice clip here, uh, Ryan. You guys feel like you grabbed that one early and just kind of another solid game? Yeah, I think uh, obviously with early power plays, you want to get at least momentum, and I thought we did a good job of that and just kind of built uh, built our game from there. And um, At the same time, Stu made some good saves for us to, to make sure that we could get going and uh, get our offense rolling, and um, I thought it was a pretty solid 60 minutes for us. How tough is it? Uh talking through all that right now <laughs> yeah it's just a little weird it's just a little swollen it's not not too cut up actually it's just uh, swollen so a little bit uh, a little bit difficult any stitches in there no stitches uh, no teeth gone so just a fat lip we've seen guys try to give a guy a push on a back check before with the stick it feels like that might be one of the first times that actually worked did you feel that and i did yeah i think it uh gave me a little boost i mean i just caught it with uh, uh the very tip of my stick yeah. so honestly it probably uh probably helped it was a good uh, good little push by aki there what Kyler Yamamoto's game tonight? What did you see from him? Uh, I thought that he was just hungry on pucks right from the get-go. I mean, I think that's when uh, he's playing his, his best is when he's tenacious and um, really going in there and, uh, and creating loose pucks. And I thought he was doing that early, and it kind of led to, uh, obviously, production for him. Did it look like he was that, that guy three years ago that played with you and Leon, where he took the, kind of the hockey world by storm with three of you? Well, I mean, I, I think that uh, um, he's been doing a lot of good things uh, throughout this year, and obviously battling through some things. So uh, I thought tonight was uh, um, overall a great game for him, but it started on the forecheck and just being tenacious on pucks. You've been pretty involved. I mean, you have a fight the other night, you're getting points, you're getting assists and goals, sticking a face. Uh, is that just come with when you're feeling it and you're involved in the game, or what do you well, think? 
I mean, I, obviously, I, I want to be involved every night I can be um, in a positive way, um, whatever that role looks like. Uh, I, I try to um, try to make a difference in, in a positive way. With that said, you're you're hitting totals, but you know these are these are sort of first for you in your career on this sort of a pace. How do you feel offensively, maybe compared to some other years? Um, well, I mean, um, obviously. Uh, Wanted to bear down a little bit after last year um, in front of the net. I mean, guys are finding me with great passes and uh, just trying to. Uh, I know that I need to step up a little bit offensively and uh, help produce and uh, still try to play that two-way game. But um, I think it just goes to to show the way that we're rolling as a team right now and uh, individual stuff kind of comes from a team playing well. Did you right on the verge there against Boston and New York and now the last couple of games? Like what clicked? What's pushed you guys? Through? Yeah, I, th I thought our game against Boston was was really good for us. I mean, uh, obviously we didn't get the two points. Um, uh, that's, that's a team that's feeling it right now. They're really good team hard to play against don't give you a lot and uh, they capitalize if you make any mistakes so um, I think we learned a bit of a lesson there too and, and uh, in a positive way and uh, took it into the game the other night against Toronto and uh, we got to keep getting better and better did you, you imagine to see uh, Leon putting the post back on in order to score that goal number six uh, no I, I didn't actually see it uh, the, the, the guys talked about that and um, he found a puck size hole to, to put it into after, so I mean, pretty uh, pretty amazing shot. But uh, I'd have to I'll have to watch that replay. All right, that is Ryan Nugent Hopkins four points tonight as the Oilers beat the Jets 6-3. So the Japanese Village goal light is on once again on 630Ched.com. We turn it on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. Head to our website, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location at 3975 Calgary Trail. Okay. We're happy to hear from you as well. 780-496-0063 is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. We'll also let you know how Vegas is doing. Of course, another team the Oilers are chasing in the Pacific Division. Uh, we'll let you know how the Golden Bears are doing in Calgary, game one of the Canada West Final. All that ahead. Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 chance. Oh. Pass taken away by Kyle Connor. Comes into the Oiler end. Now over to Morrissey. What tunner glove save made by Skinner. He'll hold on to it. Stuart Skinner gets the win. He stops 24 out of 27. His record on the season now 17, 13, and 4. That's his save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310 Glass or visit crystalglass.ca. Oilers beat the Jets 6-3 tonight at Rogers Place. We'll check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit advantagetrailerrentals.com. Vegas is up 3-2 in the third period, shorthanded, and they are about to get a penalty shot. William Carlson had a shorthanded breakaway, hauled down. They have a penalty shot late in the third period. Uh, playing New Jersey, you know what? I took William Carlson in the Tim Hortons game you play. Well, I, I, You got me into. You know what? I've he, never made it past the first day. He ain't missing this. This is automatic. Unless he, he goes off the shoulder and misses. He missed. Okay, but still 3-2 for Vegas with 8.59 left. Another Pacific Division rival of the Oilers won tonight 4-2. The Kraken over the Blue Jackets. The Hurricanes rang up the Coyotes 6-1. And the Ducks lead the Canadians 2-1 with about eight and a half minutes left in the third. 
Game one of the Canada West Hockey Final in Calgary. The Dinos beat the Golden Bears 3-2 in overtime. Both teams are going to Nationals, but they're playing for the conference title and seeding at the University Cup. Oil Kings lost 5-2 in Medicine Hat. And in the AHL, the Oilers farm team, Bakersfield, 14 minutes left, trailing Coachella Valley 5-1. That is your advantage trailer rentals scoreboard. Carlson didn't do a full slap shot on the penalty shot. Actually, I saw him once go between his legs in a, on a breakaway when uh, I was actually at the game in Vegas. Kids got talent. It's, it's funny, the Oilers are on this nice little run that they're on, and they've needed to be because Vegas seems to keep on winning. Yeah. LA seems to keep on winning. The Kraken keep on winning. So the Oilers who want, would love to win a division, love to win a conference, are going to have to keep putting points in the bank as the teams all around them seem to be doing too as well. Yeah, right now Vegas, 78 points. LA 78 points. Vegas will have one game in hand on Vegas after tonight. Seattle and Edmonton both 74. Seattle has one game in hand. So very tight. And then as we were talking about on the faceoff show, Calgary fifth in the Pacific, 67 points. They are uh, five behind Winnipeg for the second and final wildcard spot. And as you said before the game, there was a lot of fans in Calgary weirdly cheering for the Edmonton Oilers because the team that the Calgary Flames are the closest to catching would be the Winnipeg Jets. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Anish on the line. Anish, go ahead, please. Robert Reed, how are you guys tonight? Good. Good. Uh, honestly, like some key observations from the game tonight, uh, I thought Bouchard played really, uh, really such a great game. Like, I thought he commanded the blue line. He took his opportunities. Uh, and you know, with Nugent Hopkins, you know, he, I believe I heard that it was his first 30, uh, 30 goal, uh, yeah, uh, season. Yep. So I'm wondering for, I'm wondering where do you guys feel that he might finish? Do you feel that he can have to be a 50 goal scorer? Uh, no, not, not this no year. I don't I mean, think he's have to get over a goal a game now, but well, I guess he'd have to get exactly a goal a game, but it's an incredible season. Yeah, yeah, I don't, an outside chance for 40 goals for R and H. Uh, what's he have for points now? He has. Let me double check. He got four tonight, so he's up to 77 in 63 games. I mean, it's an outside chance, but is 100 points completely out of reason for him right now? I mean, that's all just over a point a game the remainder of the season. Oh, you know, sorry, Edmonton is up to Edmonton and Seattle are up to 76, 76, points, 76 yeah. points. Yeah. So right now it's Vegas 78, LA 78, Seattle and Edmonton 76. Yeah. And New Jersey just tied the game against Vegas. Yeah, so Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I, I, I think 40 goals and 100 points are, are probably goals that he could have for the remainder of the season. The way that the way the oldest power play has gone, the way that Nugent Hopkins has played as of late, I wouldn't count him out getting not getting either one of those. Okay, 780-496-0063. Uh, we're going to get to Yamamoto in a second here, but first we'll get Frank on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Frank, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, great game, some great performances. I sure hope that y Yamamoto uh, gets hot. It's going to mean a big difference for the Oilers. The only negative, if there is one, is that we lost the third period. Uh, do you think that's going to carry over into the rematch tomorrow? Nope, I don't think so. I mean, I've seen teams blow a team out in the playoffs and the very next game come back and lose to them so uh, whatever happens in the first five to seven minutes of tomorrow's game will dictate how the next five to seven minutes go in that game so I don't think the third period had anything will have any bearing on what happens in tomorrow's game 
Okay, let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Couple of goals tonight. Here is Kyler Yamamoto. Couldn't get that hat trick. Hey, what was wrong with that? Oh my <laughs> gosh, I know. I should have had like four or five, I think, in that second period, but I'm glad I got two of them. How long? Go ahead. I was going to ask, when was the last time you, you think you were feeling it quite like like tonight? Oof, it's uh, it's been a while. I don't even know about this year. Maybe last year, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> what can a game like that do for your confidence, do you think? Well, it's huge. Um, you know, I mean, anytime you're playing with Leo and Nuge and they're both going, um, you know, it's pretty easy for yourself to get going as well. So, um, you know, happy I got two on the board and, and an assist, but uh, it was a good team win. Something to be said, too, about, I mean, it's good to be in the blue paint and be banging some in, but just sometimes to make shots, just to get some confidence injected into that shot. 100%. Um, yeah, no, all my goals, I'm pretty sure, up until these last two are all tip-ins or around the net, so it's definitely, you know, good to get some shots in, I um, mean, on breakaway goal. Especially on the breakaway, when you beat a pretty darn good goalie. Yeah. <laughs> backhand. Yeah, I've had a couple breakaways, you know, haven't been able to capitalize, but, uh, you know, glad I did today. Did you have, were there some nervous moments the other night when you when you got a little bit banged up there? You've been dealing with a lot, but did you did you know right away you were okay, or were you thinking, oh, man? Uh, yeah, no, I, I knew I was right away. I mean, it was... What was it, 5-2, I think, with, like, seven minutes left? I was going to stay in the game, but I think our trainers were like, just, let's just go check you out. There's no point. So, um, you know, they have my best interest in there. So got to listen to them, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't too worried about it. Uh, now four goals in your last five games. Do you start, you're starting to feel in a bit of a role now? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, like I said, this year, it's, it's been a little bit, little bit of a roller coaster for me um you know playing getting injured playing getting injured so you know I haven't really been able to get into too good of a rhythm but um you know I've been feeling it the last few games how difficult is it to get back started after those stop start moments it's tough um it's almost like you're just losing your rhythm again but um you know the more games you play the the better you get back into it so um you know just game by game and um, keep going forward Imagine there's an uncertainty in the days that lead up to a trade deadline on a team. Like, you never know, right? Yeah. When it comes and goes and you're still here, and just maybe galvanize things a little bit post-trade deadline? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was a little bit nervous, but, um, you, know, it's, um, you know, it's a business, so um, you got to look at it that way. But, um, you know, happy I'm here. Um, you know, a little bit of pressure's off now, so, um, you know, I can just play folks on hockey now. Kind of the flip side of that is there's real opening here at right wing, which, you know, they've been on for a long time. Mm -hmm. If you sense that now, that you're, now you're getting healthy, getting back at it, you can take advantage of it? Absolutely. Um, you know, we got, we got a lot of good right wingers, though. Yanni's playing really well this year. Um, you know, Hans is having an unbelievable year, so, um, you know, we got a lot of good right wingers, so... Um, you know, it pushes me to be a better player, and um, you know, I think everyone else. So was putting the net back on or picking the spot more impressive there from Leon on that? Oh did you gosh. see Luke Stone put the net back on? Uh, I did not, but that shot was insane. I watched the replay. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. There's not too many players who can make that shot from that distance. So I was like, wow. <laughs> you mentioned Ryan and, and uh, Leon getting to play with them again. Any shades from a, a three years ago when you kind of were, were getting back or getting into the league? Yeah. And you guys were kind of on a tear. Did you kind of... Yeah, so no. Kind of bring back that then a little bit. Absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely. Last year, uh, when I first came up, that um, you know, the 2016s, we had you know some really good chemistry. So it definitely brought me back to those good old days. But um, yeah, just working on it every day. But yeah, they're amazing players. You know, when they're gone, it's uh, it's so easy to play with. Okay, that is Yamamoto. Two goals and an assist tonight, helping the Oilers beat the Winnipeg Jets, 6-3 at Rogers Place. We will get to uh, more of your phone calls when we get back after the news and the weather. Rob Brown's going to pick a fourth star.
After the news and weather? After the news right and weather, now? I'll okay, give you I a couple minutes to think about it. you okay. got to think about it. I'm ready. The three stars were pretty easy tonight. They the were. Three guys that got two goals each. Omar is a winner tonight of a $50 River Cree Resort Casino gift card. He took the under for set the line. River Cree Resort Casino excitement bet on it. It was one and a half goals by Connor McDavid. Uh, McDavid's streak of multi-goal games comes to an end. And he's, uh, as he doesn't score tonight, but he does get three assists. 6-3, the Oilers beat the Jets. 34th win of the season. Back in a few minutes. Hartland Ford, overtime open line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Couple of moves on the right. Back to the blue line for Peon. Off the corner boards. Kyle Connor out to Shifley. That's broken up. Then Shifley runs into Skinner. So Shifley's having words with Nurse. Penalty coming up to Winnipeg when they touch it. That's our crunch of the game for Cougar Paint Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. Oilers crunch the Jets tonight 6-3. one nothing after the first, 4 nothing after two. And they win it 6-3. Nugent Hopkins, new career high. He had 28 goals in 18-19. He gets two tonight. He's up to 30. Drysettle scores twice. He has 38. Yamamoto scores twice. He has eight for the Jets. All the uh, goal scoring in the third period. Janssen Fialbi. Shifley and then Dylan. Shifley had one in the first period that I thought was going in. I don't know the if one he, timer that did he miss the net or did I, Skinner get a piece? I, I of thought it? he missed the net and then the replay. I thought Skinner might have got a, a piece of it with his blocker. Shifley doesn't usually miss from that spot as we saw later in the game. He did capitalize. Uh, I thought that once the game got out of hand, you saw a little bit of desperation in the Winnipeg Jets game. Uh, I would imagine that will carry over into tomorrow's game as they uh, they were not good early. Took well, a lot of penalties, were shorthanded, didn't play with the desperation needed, uh, and missing Dubois. They missed Dubois. Yeah, he, he's a big part of that team, so I would think they're going to be better tomorrow. And uh, there was a mercy-slash-resting pull of Connor Hollebuck. I believe he will play again tomorrow in back-to-back games. They sat him out for the third period, and got him a little bit of rest once they fell b- far behind. Yeah, Hellebuck uh, allowed four goals on 24 shots. Riddick came in for the third period. V- uh, Vegas and New Jersey going to overtime here, so at least a point for the Golden Knights. We'll keep you updated on this one. The three stars tonight, Nugent Hopkins, Yamamoto, Dreisaitl, Rob will pick the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Well, they brought the, the Viking in to settle things down defensively. Uh, tonight he was plus three in the hockey game. Uh, he helps give confidence to his young partner, Evan Bouchard. I thought he was excellent in today's hockey game, so uh, I'm sure he's going to be excited for the first time in his NHL career. He is the fourth star on the Edmonton Oilers broadcast, Matthias Ekholm. He also had two games in a row for him. Was he last game too? Well, yeah, we gave. Well, I gave it to him. First oh. game, played pretty well, got an assist. Bukes, Bukestad's the favorite to get it tomorrow. <laughs> uh, That's true. I, I wanted Echo the four on four. He he almost stole the puck at the defensive blue. I can't remember who he poked it away from, and he was about a quarter of a step away from. I I would have loved to seen Echo get a breakaway from his own blue line. I mean, the crowd would have been going nuts just to see him going in. And then I want to know what movie would have had. 
Well, it's true. He's saving it. He's saving it for a much more important game, obviously. Uh, you know what's neat, too, in this game? When, when the game gets a little bit out of hand, uh, star players start looking around. Like, you'll see a guy, oh, he's got two goals. Yep. We're going to try and get him his hat trick. Uh, guys will have bonuses. But tonight, I don't know, late in the game, they had a power play. And Leon Drysaddle wanted the puck to home. He was up by the blue line. He says, okay, we want to get this guy a goal. We want this plot, the, the crowd to go crazy. And Leon stood with the puck on his stick for about 10 seconds. And he had a guy between him and Ekholm. But he wasn't going to, like, he's like, more or less, move. I want to give it to Ekholm. Get out of my way. Uh, the guy never moved. Eventually, Leon, it got tipped and went out of the zone. But players look for other players. They want, uh, they want Yamamoto to get a hat trick. They want Nuge to get a hat trick. Uh, they want Ekholm to get his first as an Edmonton Oiler. And when you have games that the Oilers have had as of late where they've had a couple laughers, they're able to do these kinds of things because the lead is quite big. 6-3, the Oilers win it tonight. 780-496-0063. We have Ryan on the line. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for calling. Hey, thanks, guys, for taking my call. Hey, just two quick points. I thought that the guys that have been rumored to be traded played really well I'm guessing Rob can comment on this but I'm sure it's something where there's a big relief taken off that you're not sent out the door with a good team like this and then secondly I thought you know I'm not being a negative guy but I thought we were still running around a little bit in our end not so much in that third but there was a couple times times we got caught I think but we didn't get the puck out as quick as we could have so it'd be nice to see that tidied up tomorrow but other than that uh, just like to hear your thoughts well as far as I mean there's no perfect games uh, I mean when, when teams get caught running around in their own zone, part of it is on the team, but a lot of it is on what the other team's doing. And we saw it. I mean, the Winnipeg Jets have some pretty good players in their back end. They got running around at times. Morrissey, who is having a Norris Trophy-type season, unfortunately it's the wrong year to have it with Eric Carlson. There's a couple of times he was caught out of position. These are the things that happen when you play against good teams. And I thought the Oilers played a, a very, very sound game. It got a little sloppy at the end when they got the big lead, but I thought they were very good. As for players that have rumored to be traded and, and the relief, absolutely. I I know there's a lot of fans and, and media love the trade deadline, but there's a lot of guys who are very nervous in that dressing room. They don't want to get traded. And then they worry about guys that are getting traded to their team, taking their spots, moving down in the lineup, possibly going to the minors. So when the deadline is done and you see what your team is and you're still here, huge sigh of relief and Yamamoto talked about it we one of the questions he's asked did you feel pretty good knowing that after your name's been bandied about that you were still here today and he said absolutely it's a nerve-wracking time for most players in the NHL there's very few guys that don't have to worry on trade deadline all New Jersey in overtime they can't score 90 seconds left 3-3 Devils and Golden Knights it is interesting and Bukestad one of his clips from yesterday he basically said, well, I, you know, I was hoping this was a year where I, I would basically have a good year and would get traded. Yep. I mean, he, he, he didn't, he didn't high, I mean, I'm sure if Arizona would have been doing better, but they weren't expected to. I mean, he basically said, I signed this, this one-year deal in hopes that I would get moved at the debt. So essentially, he, if he wouldn't have been moved, he would have been he disappointed. Was, you know, disappointed. He would have well, been, another player, John Klingberg. Well, he signed. Yep. He went from Dallas. He signed and with Anaheim. Basically signed him to. How did that not go in? Well, then that's. There's two places. Then the next play, New Jersey has an even better chance. Yeah. They had two great chances in overtime, so that means Vegas is probably going to come back and win. But uh, Klingberg and Anaheim. He signed to resurrect his career, and Anaheim signed him 
to get something from for him at the deadline. And that's what Arizona did too. Bukestad, he had, he had a good a good year. Uh, it's a bounce back year for him. And he's playing not only for the team now, he's playing for another contract. Uh, when you get older, the, the contracts are, the teams are fewer and fewer that need your services. So you want to make sure you have a, a good playoff run so that someone out there notices you, whether it's here in Edmonton or somewhere else, and you get another contract. So uh, he's going to have an opportunity here in Edmonton and hopefully with a long run. Luke Gazdick told me on my show about a week and a half ago that one trade deadline they were practicing and Ryan Jones was on the team and they were stretching and Ryan Jones was saying well this is probably it I'm getting traded I'm getting moved and then he didn't get moved <laughs> so it was fun seeing him the next day he's gonna be careful <laughs> it, it's way different now than when I played because we didn't have social media we didn't have TV 24 7 sports programs and stuff like that so I mean, I remember my buddy Johnny Cullen was in Hartford. He was at a movie when he got traded. They had to wait till the movie was over to be able to call him because we didn't have cell phones. So it's way different now. Guys are finding it watching TV. Oh, looks like I just got traded somewhere. I'm sure my phone's going to ring pretty soon. But uh, it's, it is, for some players, it's tough because players here in Edmonton, no one wants to leave Edmonton. This is a team that's got aspirations to win a Stanley Cup. They all want to stay here and be part of that. Oilers win 6-3 over the Jets. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. Sir Robert is standing by. Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Oh, I want to start with a thought on, on Yamal. I thought, I mean, I thought tonight was easily one of Yamal's best games, not just because he had three points, but it's like he seemed like he seemed, he seemed like he looked a lot more he looked a lot more confident than he's looked. Not that he hasn't been confident, but it just it seemed to me it was like on that breakaway, like, like Yamo knew exactly what he was going to do. Nice move. And Nuge, obviously, I mean, I mean, if somebody told me this year that Nuge would maybe score 25 goals, I'd have taken that. So, I mean, to see to see Nuge with 30, that's, that's pretty darn good if you're asking me. Um, it's uh, uh, one more quick one on uh, Skinner tonight. I thought Skinner looked good. Um, I don't think, uh, I mean, like, I don't think he was tested overly. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, he let in three, but you know what? I guess all in all, what I'm saying, uh, you know, a good win, and now hopefully they can, hopefully they can uh, do the same tomorrow night in Winnipeg, and I'm uh, looking forward to seeing. Uh, uh, Bukestad make his debut. I think he'll have some grit that the Oilers have, have maybe missed in the past, and we'll uh, have to see uh, uh, see where he slots in. Yeah, thanks, Sir Robert. Quite a finish to overtime here between New Jersey and Vegas. There was five and a half seconds left in overtime. The faceoff was on the offside dot, closer to the New Jersey end of the rink. Vegas tried to win the draw forward and get a shot. Well, they forgot the puck, so it turned into a breakaway the other way for Brat for the Devils, with time ticking down, and William Carlson hooked him. It, to was me, he on the stick enough was, though that it, it wasn't was, a penalty? It was, that was a penalty? Uh, to me. It went right up to his hands. Yeah, to me that well, the Devils bench shot. was yelling for yeah. a penalty shot. They that didn't should have been anything. a penalty shot with no time left in the game. What a play though! Uh, that that is a bad coaching 
That was a bad coaching maneuver by the Vegas Golden Knights. They gave up a breakaway. Well, I guess on an you're thinking there wasn't enough, but there. I think if he would have scored, it would have. If he would have got a, a full shot away and scored, I think it would have been with less than a second left, but it would have counted. Aiden Hill, by the way, is the Vegas goalie. He's just like 49 saves he just in this give. game, or 49 shots for New, Jer New Jersey. It, seems like, it seems like New Jersey had about 25 shots in overtime. It wasn't that much, but the, I, I didn't see the puck in New Jersey's end in overtime. Did you? No, well, it's, right now it's going to be easier for uh, the Vegas in the shootout because it's all fresh ice that they're skating on because they never were in New Jersey's end for the entire third period or overtime. Uh, first two shooters have both been stopped. That, that was New Jersey well, played great in overtime. They just couldn't score. And I have this: the goalie playing for New Jersey's name is Schmid or Schmid. Yeah, I've never a, heard of him before. Yeah. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We also have Ken standing by. Hey, Ken, go ahead. Hello, I got uh, three questions. Um, with this uh, Bugastad guy uh, doing his um, debut tomorrow, I didn't realize that he was like the previous caller says he plays with the edge or he, he gets in their, their face and all that. Well, I mean, is, is the, are the, I mean, the Oilers, even before that, they, we have some tough guys, even like Dreisaitl and, and Nurse. But when he comes here tomorrow and then when Kane gets gets here are the Oilers are they going to be able to beat up the Bruins like maybe not on the scoreboard but are they going to with these guys are the Oilers well, going to be more yeah I don't, I don't know if Bukestad's going to come in and, and be he, he's a big guy I don't know if he's uh I that that I'm not sure he's known for his physicality like a, I don't know if he's a punishing guy no. but he's a big and I'm take not, up a lot of space, guy. And I'm not really worried about the, the Bruins yet. I, I think the Oilers are worried about the teams in their division because Vegas has got a good team. LA's got a very good team. Seattle continues to, to impress. So I think they're a long way away from having to worry about the Boston Bruins. Toughest team in the league? Like, as far as grit and 50 cuffs and... And so they got they, they got some sneaky players, aren't they? Like I'm just trying to compare them to the. Are they going to how tough are the oil going to be when Kane gets back? Well, the oldest they have a tough team, but I'm not sure fisticuffs is a huge thing come playoff time. Physicality is take taking a, a hit to make a play, being hard on the forecheck, being hard in front of the net. Those are types of things. I don't think fighting really comes into play. There's not a whole lot of fighting in the in the playoffs. I think the oldest just have to be team tough and. Be, be physical and understand uh, how to play the right way come playoff time. The Oilers have a good hockey club. They got a very good hockey club, but there's also some other good teams in the league, and the Oilers have to be on their game to, to win. It will be interesting to see what they do tomorrow with Bugstad expected to play. Could could we actually see a 12 and 6 tomorrow? No, uh, I don't. Oh, you know what? Honestly, there, there you go. Vegas, Vegas won. wins in a shootout. Of course they did because New Jersey's deserved the win. I, I, I would have normally, I would say no. But Philip Broberg didn't play a whole lot in today's no, game. No, he didn't. So it's, well, it's going to be, he played under 10 minutes. Either Shore will be out of the lineup or Broberg will be out of the lineup. That'll be one of those two for tomorrow's game when Bukestad goes in. All right, that'll be our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. The Oilers beat the Jets 6-3, 7804960063. If you want to give us a quick call before we uh, sign off for the night, it's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins.
on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair. Into the Jets' end, can drop it on the right to dry sidle down the right wing. Nice little move off his stick. Loose puck, the shot, and that was blocked as the net is knocked off in behind Riddick. <laughs> and it's put back on the peg by dry sidle. That was unbelievable. Delayed penalty coming up to the Jets. Dry sidle, right wing, Scott! That was amazing. Great call by Mooner. He was right on it. <laughs> he was. That's good. He saw it put, being put it back on. And it's actually, the, when they show it on the Jumbotron, they had a really good view of it. Leon lift, using his right hand, picking it up, putting it. It's too, I mean, he's strong. Most of when I have to do it at the kids' academy, I've got to put my shoulder under the bar and lift it up <laughs> with my whole body and then try and get it to sit properly. But it's one of those things you see players do that because they want to keep a play alive. But the fact that the puck comes back to him, and then the shot, and uh, was it Nuge that was talking afterwards that he had uh, the, a, a hole the size of the puck? Yeah. That he had to, like, there was no room there. Most players wouldn't even try to shoot it because there's nothing to shoot at, but he hit it. It's just uh, the talent level that some of these players have nowadays, and the Oilers have some of the best in the world at it. I, I thought, I, I checked the rule book because I thought, could Winnipeg challenge that? What's the exact wordage? Uh, well, wordage, the exact wording. A play that results in a goal on the ice where the defending team claims that the play should have been stopped by reason of any play occurring in the offensive zone that should have resulted in a play stoppage caused by attacking, caused by the attacking team but did not. So the rule doesn't specifically say high stick, hand pass, which would be the most common occurrences. Because I thought, I wonder if Winnipeg could have argued. No, they, they would have lost because Leon was fouled. But I wonder, let's say Leon went into the net on his own and knocked it off, and the Oilers had the puck when that happened, and then Leon put the net on. It'd still be the same. Could, could Winnipeg challenge and say, the attacking team had the puck with our net off, that should have been a, a stoppage? Like, I, I wonder how that would go. Well, it would more or le- it's I mean? more or less the same thing. Anyways, they had the puck on their stick in the offensive zone when the net was off. So it was the same as what you just described because yeah, but because Winnipeg wasn't a lot couldn't touch puck so when the net was off the the Oilers had the puck and yes. the net was off. But I'm just saying if they would have challenged that it, it was Winnipeg's fault the net came off because Leon was fouled into the post right he was. Yeah, but still the net's off is the net's off. But we, we see goalies put the net's on no, sometimes. And linesmen, I'm just, I'm yeah. Just, no, I, I'm just I can't being s- argumentative for yeah, the sake no, of bringing up technicality. No, they wouldn't. There's no. Because it, it happens a lot. Players do it a lot. Goalies do it a lot. Um, I do think they looked at it, though, because there was a bit of a delay there before the center ice faceoff. I, I, th- I, I think the Jets were thinking about it. I don't know what they could challenge because there's no... Well, just a missed, missed game stoppage event. That's all Yeah, but the, you don't, it's not an automatic stoppage. No, though. I know, but, so. but I'm saying that they could, like it says in the rule book, where the defending team claims. So they could claim, hey... Uh, yeah, but the, the Jay Woodcroft's tie is distracting. Yeah, that's you know. I, but yeah, no. To me, it's uh, and obviously they didn't challenge. Cause it's it's this is a play that happens. No, a like lot. I'm being super yeah. technical here. Like, yeah. what if that were a goal that put the Oilers ahead with 10 seconds left? Maybe you just say, hey, you know what? You should have blown the whistle. I don't know. Well, I mean, you could do that on just anything. If there's a goal, 10 seconds left, and you're down. Can we challenge for offside? Well, the puck was in there for four minutes. But we don't care. We just need to try. Well, you anything. could you could go back that far. You could, offside yeah. challenge, You could. Um, it, it's but it was funny because it, it it happened earlier in the game where Zach Hyman on a power I, play. I, 
I've just never to, seen the player score. Well, I've, never put played, it back I've never seen the player score either. But every once in a while, something weird happens where a guy breaks his stick and goes to the bench on. Well, we saw Connor McDavid break his stick, go to the bench, oh, get a, a stick, get a breakaway. Yeah. 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 So there's always something weird that continues to happen. And uh, when you got the talent level that the Oilers have, they're capable. And that's the thing: is the Oilers are so talented. When they got puck in the offensive zone, oh, you know, we'll both put the net back yeah. on. We're seriously, come on, we'll brush the snow away for you too, goalie, because we've got you by where we want you right now. So, uh, to me, that that play was it was funny what he did. The shot was amazing. Yeah, and that's. There's a, I mean, there's some just absolutely amazing plays in tonight's hockey game. The Edmonton Oilers had a fantastic game, and what do you? Tomorrow is Campbell go back in the net, and it's Campbell versus Hollaback. Probably. Yeah, I, I would think, think so Campbell too. Yeah. Start of a four-game road trip for the Oilers tomorrow, presented by Friesen Brothers. The game broadcast at 3:30 with the face-off show. The puck will drop at five. Get more on this one on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Nugent Hopkins, two goals, two assists. Yamamoto and Drysaddle both with two goals and an assist. McDavid with three helpers as the Oilers take it to the Jets, 6-3. Thanks to Troy Bowler and Kellen Kennedy for their technical work this evening. Talk to you at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon. This has been Hartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.